This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to an emergency, urgency podcast from the flagship. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined, as always, by our managing editor, our fearless leader, the one and only Taylor Estes. And Taylor, we have heard from Texas quarterbacks Hudson Card and drumroll, <laughs> Quinn Ewers. Yep, the man, the myth, and the mullet. We got to talk to them for the first time today. Uh, this is Thursday. That is why we are coming to you early this week with another show here on the flagship podcast because, you know, anytime that the quarterbacks, uh, especially at Texas, a quarterback battle going on at Texas, all eyes are on it. And um, this one is probably one of the most significant ones, at least in the past decade, I would say for sure. And uh, let's get right to it, Chip. I mean, you know, what was your biggest kind of initial takeaway after hearing both from Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers today? Man, it's a good thing these guys can play some football because they are boring when it comes to the media game. I mean, not boring, just cool, cool. Um, men of few words. Yes. They're not exactly going to, you know, cut open their, their veins and pour out their guts, let you know every little thing that they're thinking. They are... You know how pitchers are on a pitch count? They seem to be on a word count. <laughs> yes. Uh, let me see how I can answer this in as few words. Or like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but listen, it doesn't matter what they say. It's what they do. It's who they are as people. And by all accounts, as we've been reporting, uh, these guys are are playing well. They're coming off a, a good scrimmage on, on Saturday. Um you know, kind of the midpoint of spring football, as we've reported here, Quinn Ewers put on a show, according to sources, and, um, you know, three touchdown passes, some crazy arm angle completions, and and Hudson Card has probably been the most consistent of the quarterbacks, and and so, you know, I think interesting just to get Hudson Card out there. He went first. To hear him say that he knows he's got to work on his pocket presence, but it's kind of hard to do unless you're in live reps. So uh, now's the time for him to work on that and then being more of a vocal leader. And then uh, Quinn Ewers came in and said, it feels like things are going well. He's he's friends with Hudson Card. They get along and he's just trying to progress in the offense each day and doesn't really want to talk about why he decommitted from Texas the first time, why he went to Ohio state before finally ending up back at Texas. He used one of Steve Sarkeesian's little anecdotes about that's why the rear view mirror is so small 
And the windshield is so big, Taylor. Yeah, I thought that was a really good quote. And, um, you know, he definitely, you could tell he did not want to answer that question. He didn't want to answer any questions about any deals, NIL deals that he's gotten, you know, so far at Texas. Um, I think one thing, Chip, that stood out a little bit about Quinn Ewers, I feel, I almost feel like he's like, has such a crazy story. I mean, the spotlight has been on this kid for years now, and he's only a redshirt freshman, mind you, he enrolled early. So technically he would be age-wise a true freshman, but he's had this spotlight just shining down on him. And I think a lot of times that would really be tough to handle. Um, and you kind of expect more of like a pompous type of guy just because of the outside, you know, attention that he gets. And it, he was asked about that. And I, I want to hear, you know, kind of your thoughts on this, but he was asked about, you know, how he's kind of handled the hype that's followed him. And he really was very just kind of like, I don't focus on it. And it, it seemed real. Like he, he gave the answer you probably expected people to give, but this seems like a legit, like a real answer, not something that he has just been taught up to say. And, you know, I think that the fact that he wouldn't talk about NIL deals and he didn't really talk about open up much about anything except for what's been going on on the field. I think that shows that, you know, a lot of times the the hoopla that's surrounding him is is more um, outside focused more than anything else and not something that he's truly embracing or anything along those lines. Yeah, I mean, if you look at I'm looking at his Twitter right now and. You know, he's retweeting uh, tweets of his teammates. Uh, here's a tweet uh, focusing on Xavier Worthy from, from four days ago. He's, um, you know, got some Kansas City Royals tweets he's retweeting. And, oh, okay, there is one of him with his beautiful hair flowing yeah. in the wind from April 5th. Another beautiful day for football yeah. at Quinn Ewers. But, yeah, he was even asked about the mullet, and then he said, it's just hair after all. Yeah. <laughs> Which some balding members of the of the press corps said, quit bragging. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, Jordan Whittington described Quinn Ewers as a surfer, mm -hmm. just a cool dude. Said he kind of reminds me of my dad, which I guess means Jordan Whittington's dad is a pretty cool dude. Um, but I mean, when you hear that word surfer, what pops into your mind, Taylor? I mean, well, I'm from Southern California, so that's where I was born and raised. And so I'm asking you. Yeah, I think a lot of times when you hear that, it's more of just a laid back, go with the flow type of mentality. Um, I, I kind of I kind of think of the movie Remember the Titans. You know, what was they what they call the quarterback Sunshine, I think it was. Yep. Um, it kind of is similar to that. But yeah, when you hear the word surfer, you know, you don't really think of somebody that honestly has much responsibility even or would be willing to take responsibility. All they care about is, you know, being in the water. And maybe that's kind of the the flip side with Quinn years he has that kind of laid-back mentality and all he cares about is football I kind of take it that that way personally yeah I mean I've talked to team sources who say he's early he's 15 minutes early to everything mm -hmm. um, meetings practice if not earlier uh, so he's he's diligent he he's doing the right things and we know uh, from all of our conversations with teammates that he bonds well he's fit in well before he ever set foot on a on a spring practice field he was photographed with the receiver group at top golf 
I thought that was interesting because he was the only non-receiver with the receivers at Top Golf, and it was a receiver function. So they clearly wanted him there. And that was early on. And so, you know, I think he's fit in well. He's bonded well with the locker room. That was a concern because all the talk about the NIL deals and, you know, is this guy selfish and what, what, what's going on? No. Um, in fact, I've kind of heard the opposite that, you know, any NIL money, uh, he got to go to Ohio state. He, you know, may have given it to his family. So he's, uh, I think he's a guy you cheer for. He, he doesn't really care what you think. Mm-hmm. He's just going to do his thing. And you need that. Uh, when you're the Texas quarterback, uh, you're going to, if you have rabbit ears, if you have antenna ears, uh, it's not going to be good. And, and so I, you know, I thought the most interesting thing, Taylor today, was when I asked him about the double hernia surgery. Right. That was when he opened up the most. Right. And talked about how, you know, how difficult it was, how much of a challenge it was to come back from that injury, but that he felt like he needed to do that for his team. And of course, he ends up playing um, with pain, but leading his team to the state championship probably a year early. Uh, if you talk to South Lake Carroll Dragon fans, they'll say, Oh man, I wish we could have gotten him back for that last year because that was the year he he got us there a year early in 2020. But um, you know that he did. He fought his way back. We talked to Riley Dodge, the head coach at South Lake Carroll, and and Riley talked about how difficult that surgery was. It was done by the the sports hernia um, expert doctor in Philadelphia, and and you know, thankfully that's all worked out well. Cause of course, um, Jordan Whittington had sports hernia issues and, uh, his first surgery was done before he got to Texas. It didn't, uh, go well. And then his second surgery was done by the, the same Philadelphia sports hernia, uh, doctor expert and, and it's gone well, but I thought that was when he opened up the most, Taylor. It was, yeah. And, you know, it, um, going back to, um, you know, what Riley Dodge told us on the flagship podcast, I think that was in March that we got him on, you know, he talked about how most guys would have just probably hung it up, you know, when he had to get that midseason double hernia surgery. And he's like, and honestly, you wouldn't really blame him because that was a big deal. It was a substantial surgery. It kept him out for a number of weeks. But, you know, Riley Dodge was the first one to say that Quinn fought and fought and he probably wasn't even fully healthy or cleared really to play. But Quinn, there was no stopping him. He was going to do that for his team. And, you know, I think one of the, you know, hearing him say it was tough. He goes, that was tough for me, but I put a lot of work into it and I learned a lot about my own body and I take care. I take my body a lot more serious than I did. I feel like that almost helped me just because now I actually take care of my body. I go to treatment and all of this stuff, but yeah, it was tough for sure because I wasn't fully healed, but I felt like I had to just do it for the team. I'm glad I did because of the run we made. And that's, that's a selfless guy, you know, and, and that's, that's where this is a unique situation. Cause I think most people would probably, you know, most, most people on the outside would probably expect him to be a selfish guy, not a selfless guy. And, you know, he really is, he's, he's almost, 
this whole like mythological type of character type of thing, like, you know, that a creature or something that has kind of followed him just because of the hype and everything. I think it's almost like that he's more of that way because he's not into the hype and he's not into being, you know, like the guy that walks in. Celebrity and, quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, like it's, it's almost more shocking to me. Like that's more of the, the myth, like the mythological creature that Quinn Ewers is, you know, it's more of the fact that he isn't like that guy that is taking in the celebrity and basking in it. He really is just kind of wants to play football and wants to help out his teams. And that that's what you want in a quarterback. You really want that type of mentality. And this is a, I mean, the fact that Texas has him, Chip, I, you know, I can't say it anymore, but this is, this is turning out to be even bigger than I think a lot of people expected. Yeah. I mean, I asked him about this uh, scrimmage last Saturday where he, you know, lit it up three touchdown passes, the crazy arm angle throws. And he said, yep, my receivers were making plays and we were out there doing our thing. No big deal basically is what he was saying. And, and, and so this is, this is uh, a different approach than what we've seen from Sam Ellinger, even Casey Thompson, who was very, um, you know, would open up and talk about all the things that he's seeing, facing, contemplating uh, as the quarterback at Texas. And, um, and then when you combine him with Hudson card, who's, you know, everyone was asking about the hype of, of Quinn Ewers, and he said, I'm just focused on on me and what I can, you know, can control. And, and um, you know, he's a, a man of few words. And uh, although we have heard that, uh, that Hudson Card has been more vocal, more demonstrative this spring than he's been at any point in his time at Texas, and and that's that's been a point of emphasis from from Steve Sarkeesian. So um, one thing I think is interesting, Taylor, and I wrote about this in the in the Insider this week, is that Malik Murphy, the six five early enrollee freshman who's not even cleared uh, to go through uh, full practices, he's just out there throwing in warmups because of an ankle injury and surgery that he um, had uh, as a result of an injury he suffered in his high school state championship game. He's the one with all the personality. Yeah. He's the one with the charisma. And uh, one team source said he walks into the locker room and he's like the mayor, <laughs> uh, that he's got the big presence, not just physically at six foot five, but from a personality standpoint. So um, it it's interesting because uh, – you know, personalities come in all different shapes at the quarterback position. You got guys who will talk your ears off. And and then you got guys like Aaron Rodgers who are just like, relax, R-E-L-A-X, relax. So some interesting personalities in the quarterback room right now. There definitely are for sure. And, and I think that Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers kind of have a little bit more of that similar personality as we've talked about, you know, not they're men of few words. Um, one thing Steve Sarkeesian uh, talked about this on Tuesday when we spoke with him, but he said that you know he showed his quarterbacks clips of Matt Ryan getting after some of the, the wide receivers um, at the Falcons, including Julio, Julio Jones. And um, Quinn Ewers was asked about, like, you know, what, what was, what did he take away from that? And what message do you think, 
that Sark was trying to send. And, you know, he said that he was trying to lit a fire under them. That's how Quinn Ewers took it. And he said, you know, when he showed us that Matt Ryan still yells at Julio Jones after all the time they've spent together, I think he's trying to show us that it's okay for us to be vocal because the receivers don't care if you yell at them at the end of the day. I feel like they almost want that. And I think Sark probably, I would say, you know, in just with how um, how quiet and they both of these guys are, I think he's going to be having to do a lot of those things, those those type of teaching lessons. And it seems like, you know, obviously Quinn Ewers picked up on exactly what Sark was trying to express when, you know, in his uh, his what he thought, you know, Sark's message was and why he was showing it to them. But, you know, that's going to be probably a little bit of an uphill battle for Sark if he's looking for those fiery type of quarterbacks um, the day in and day out, you know, one's willing to get in your face type of guys. Um, he, I would say that's probably where he has a lot of work to do right now, Chip. Yeah, and it's interesting because Bryce Young, the quarterback at Alabama, uh, gained a reputation as a guy who was completely unflappable, mm-hmm. never showed uh, highs, lows, just always, you know, unflappable. And yeah. and Bryce Young did just fine last year mm-hmm. uh, at Alabama. So um, now he was surrounded by tons of NFL talent and tons of leaders and future first round draft picks. So uh, Texas in a little different position than we've talked about, you know, okay. Yes. Quinn Ewers has the same uh, ranking recruiting ranking number one in his entire class as Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence went to Clemson and won a national championship. Trevor Lawrence was surrounded by NFL players, right? Um, We can tick them all off. They're all in the NFL right now. Um, And and Texas is not in that uh, situation at all. They're trying to find offensive linemen for crying out loud, uh, who can practice and and you know with some consistency. Yeah. And that search continues. So um, it, it's it's a different uh, level. It should be a different level of expectation for Quinn Ewers. But we've also talked about Colt McCoy in two thousand eight and two thousand nine without. Uh, an offensive line full of and future NFL draft picks uh, far from it. Uh, Colt McCoy made play after play by rolling the pocket bootlegs, waggles, running, finding Jordan Shipley uh, and Quan Cosby in 2008, but mostly Jordan Shipley in 2009 and took, took his team all the way to the national championship. So there are different ways to get it done. But of course, at that point, Colt McCoy was, you know, a fifth year uh, senior. So it's it's going to be fun to watch these guys develop, and we don't we don't know yet what what we're looking at. We won't know until fall camp. But as I said this week um, in Morning Brew on Monday about the great rave reviews that you yours got for his performance in Saturday scrimmage. It's a good first step. You you want to hear that those types of performances are happening, that that they're uh, possible, that they're um, within his uh, repertoire, uh, because apparently the next day, Tuesday, he went out and and there were some turnovers. So it's it's going to be up and down, but good first step that when the lights came on and it was a scrimmage in DKR, uh, he lit it up, and now we'll we'll see. 
you know, that's just with what he's learned of the offensive installation up to this point. Hudson Card has a lot more of that offense already in his, um, you know, computer hard drive. So we'll see how it, uh, you know, starts to shake out when, when they're getting hit. And that probably won't happen until September. Yeah. And Quinn Ewers did um, mention that he has not taken a full hit probably since high school. So that's going to be, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's talked about that, that sometimes you got to get hit in order to get up and be like, okay, I can get up and I can, I can handle this type of thing. So, you know, that that's going to be something that won't happen until the season, but you know, I mean, I, I think Quinn Ewers um, and Hudson card too, you know, Hudson card played through that high ankle sprain um, in that West Virginia game. And uh, you know, he, he was talked about that a little bit today, not, not in depth or anything, but he said, you know, it was tough, but he got to do what he got to do to try to help out the team. And so I think Texas has two tough quarterbacks, you know, ones that are willing to play through injury to play if they're not fully cleared. And, uh, you know, ultimately two talented um, passers too. I mean, with Steve Sarkeesian saying that both quarterbacks completed 70% of their um, passes in the scrimmage. And, you know, this wasn't just 15 throws that they made, it was like 60s. And so, that in itself is a, is a good sign. That's a huge improvement compared to what we were hearing, not just at this time last year in spring football, Chip, but also last season. I mean, um, I think Casey Thompson finished the season with, a, I think it was 63% completions and card was a little bit lower than that. So, and, and Sark wants a guy that can complete around 70%. So good first steps, as you mentioned, still a lot of ways to go though. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting when Hudson Card was asked about Quinn Ewer's talent he said he can make all the throws and so can I. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, look, you got, you got to have guys with confidence and swagger and guys who can go through the ups and downs and the adversity of a game and bounce back and lead their team, even after making some mistakes. And, and, and that's what we'll find out once the season starts. And that's what Mac Brown you know, always said, you don't know what kind of leadership you have from year to year until you hit that first adversity of the season with each team. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's, that's when we'll find out if all the bonding and, you know, more Ojimo sounding off, which, you know, I said, uh, in the insider, I had a team source say it was sort of the verbal equivalent of a practice scuffle. Mm-hmm. You know, guys got mad that Morrow, you know, called out other guys, and especially the guys who got called out. And Sarkeesian had to, you know, call the team together and talk about what happened. And 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 it, you know, the source said it may have lit some fires where some fires needed to be lit. So sometimes those. Those things, you know, kind of bring everyone to the table to hash it out. And and there were guys who were upset that Mora Ojomo Mora Ojomo was, you know, calling guys out when he hasn't always been running first team this spring. Uh, he's been behind Alfred Collins, and so Mora Ojomo's probably going to have to sharpen up his game as well. And that's it's better that all that stuff is happening now, yeah, in the spring than in the middle of the season and, yeah, and you know, a player and, recording Bo Davis on the bus after a loss right. <laughs> and posting it on social media. 
boy. Remember that week? Oh, yeah. Monkey Gate and then Bo Davis. I mean, good heavens. Thank goodness uh, the uh, this offseason has been one you know piece of good news after another. Uh, and a big part of that was Quinn Ewer's decision to transfer from Ohio State to Texas and and um, so far so good Taylor I would say yeah I agree and uh, any for final you know thoughts on what um, either Quinn Ewers or Hudson Card had to say Chip yeah I mean I think that when when they say you know Hudson, Hudson Card said we're friends I said okay you're friends what does that mean like do you all hang out um, after football and he's like no you know we talked about you know bowling, playing golf, that kind of thing. Okay. The, I, I do think these guys get along. I, I think from what I've heard, the quarterback room is a bright and lively place. It's not one guy trying to undermine the other guy or, you know, get in his head or, you know, they're working together uh, as a group. And, um, and so, you know, I think Sarkeesian has a good hold on that. And then, you know, now it's just a matter of, how much information can these guys process and especially when they're under under pressure and and not make the big mistake because that has been a a problem in this spring i mean it's growing pains for quinn ewers he's he's made some outlandishly great plays and he's made some are, are you kidding me interceptions and now's the time to to do those things so that by the time you get to august september uh, those things aren't happening anymore. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you want to you want to go through the ups and downs in the off season, and and Texas has to put it together early because they have a they have a tough non conference schedule. I mean, I think every game's a home game, right? They're non conference. Yep. Yeah, so that that helps. Louisiana sure. Monroe, Alabama, yes. Alabama, then UTSA. I mean, that's that's not. Uh, that's no cupcake of a schedule in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, you, the sooner that Texas can kind of iron out those wrinkles, the better, because they're going to need to be really on point and sharp from uh, week one of the season this in 2022. Yeah. All right. There we have it. The quarterbacks at Texas have spoken. We probably won't hear from them again until, well, maybe after the spring game. Maybe. Yeah. We can, uh, you know, hope. Um, but. <laughs> Again, don't expect any fireworks from these guys. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty ho hum, pretty low key. It is. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Let 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 your actions do your talking, um, as Clint Eastwood <laughs> said. All right. Thanks everybody for jumping on this emergency urgency podcast about the Texas quarterbacks taking to the microphone here in spring football. For Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. We'll see you over at horns247.com. Um, until the next time, stay safe and keep the faith. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. 